This show is created for adult audiences only. Our show notes include content warnings and other helpful information. We strongly recommend taking a moment to assess the situation before continuing. Let's begin. Episode 32. The Rua UFO Incident. Mass hysteria can be described as the phenomenon that transmits collective illusions or threats, whether real or imaginary, through a population and society as a result of rumors and fear. There have been many events throughout history where large groups of people have witnessed and claimed to see and experience the same images or events. This is one of them. What started as a normal day at the private aerial school in Rua, Zimbabwe, instantly turned into full-on panic and terror as nearly 100 students of varying ages all witnessed the same events. A day that would always stick with them and be remembered for the rest of their lives. Located just 20 minutes southeast from the Zimbabwe capital, Harare, lies a flourishing agricultural area known as Rua. Once a very small community that has since grown over the years, as families move away from the urban life in search of something more peaceful. As a means of educating their families, a school was built in 1991 to house a mixture of students from indigenous African, Asian, and European descent. Known to be a very expensive and private school, Ariel has grown in numbers and has become very desirable. On the morning of September 16, 1994, Headmaster Colin Mackey arranged for a mandatory staff meeting that required all teachers and administrators to be in attendance. This was common and occurred regularly to maintain numbers and ensure the school was operating efficiently and effectively. The headmaster sat patiently reading the local newspaper as he waited for everyone to finish their tasks and join the meeting. Over the past two days, there had been numerous reports of strange objects and flashing lights in the sky over the area, and balls of light that seemed to shift in and out of visibility. The article told of several eyewitness accounts, and this struck him as odd. However, he shrugged it off as everyone started to filter into the room. The 7th grade students were testing that day, 
and remained inside while all the other children were sent out to the playground behind the school. At approximately 10.15 that morning, mid-morning break commenced. The children spread throughout the dusty schoolyard, sticking in clusters, mostly consisting of their age groups. The first through fourth grader stayed near the swings, which was closer to the doors. The older kids, fifth through sixth, that day, tended to play and hang out near the area referred to as the logs. This area separated the schoolyard from the stretch of land beyond it. It is said that poisonous snakes, spiders, and scorpions inhabit this area, and the children do not go beyond the log boundaries. While talking to her friends, 11-year-old Selma Siddick heard a buzzing sound that seemed to emit from the electric wires overhead. This wasn't a usual sound she had ever heard. It hummed and gradually became louder and louder. She surveyed the scene, deciding whether or not to alert the adults. However, there was no one around, as they were all inside having a meeting. All of a sudden, several of the children near the log saw a series of flashing lights in the sky above. Confused and intrigued, they stood watching the lights as they jetted from one point in the sky to the other. They watched as three objects came in and out of view, almost vanishing into the clouds. After a while, the three objects then merged, creating a large silver object with red lights. To their surprise, it descended into their direction, eventually hovering over the power lines. The strange craft appeared to be orbited by red, purple, blue, and white spheres that rotated around it. At this point, a lot of the other children were interested in seeing why everyone was going beyond the playground. One by one, they made their way over, finding themselves just as baffled as to what was happening or causing the strange behavior of the craft. The children found the colors the most impressive. Watching in awe as they made their way around the object, creating almost a rainbow trail in their wake. It was almost mesmerizing. As quickly as they came in, the colorful spheres shot away one by one as the main craft slowly descended further. It stopped just above the ground, almost hovering in the air. It had a sort of disc shape and was thin. It appeared to be almost silver-colored, but it could not be discerned as to what it was made of. It didn't look like normal steel or metal but something unrecognizable. The children all chatted amongst each other, trying to make sense of what they were seeing and calling others over to witness the event. Some of the others stood staring blankly, unsure of what to think 
or how to rationalize the situation. Before they knew it, a small figure seemed to raise out of the craft. Shocked, but still curious, the children watched as it glided out of the craft and onto the ground. It appeared to be roughly three feet tall with porcelain skin. Its eyes bulged out of its large head, slanting downward to its cheeks. Its mouth appeared to be a small hole without lips, and it wore a shiny dark colored suit that went from its long thin neck down to its feet. The real and most questionable feature was its eyes. They were almost piercing as it gazed and surveyed the scene. It also seemed to watch every movement the children made as it glided across the ground, almost floating in the air. At that point, another one of the creatures rose out of the craft and glided to the ground. It seemed to race from one side to the other, almost trying to get a look at everything around it. Its movement was fast as it weaved in and out of the brush, and getting closer and closer to the children. One of the girls by the name of Lisa was skipping back and forth. One of the creatures hovered over to her and started imitating her skipping. This startled and scared her as it was now right in front of her. At this time, some of the children were so frightened, they quickly raced into the school and located the lunch lady that wasn't involved in the mandatory meeting that was being held. They told her of what they had seen and tried to get her to come outside. However, she didn't believe them and assumed that they had concocted a plan to try and steal food or money. This caused her to refuse to go outside and follow up on the children's warnings. Meanwhile, the children still watching the creatures witnessed as one inched closer to them. Unable to resist, they locked eyes with the creature. It seemed to draw their attention despite their constant want to look away. An overwhelming feeling of despair and sadness overtook them. Some of the children could hear things, almost like telepathic messages being sent to them from the creature. Some of the other children witnessed images that would scar them forever. They would see images of an apocalyptic world in ruins. They felt like they were being warned of something that was coming. Some of the younger children did not know what to make of it. However, they felt that they were in danger and going to be taken away. During the entire interaction, the creatures did not speak at all. They only interacted telepathically, leaving the children in a near trance state. They continued to stare into the black void of the creature's eyes before it suddenly turned and retreated back into its craft. After that, it shot back up and vanished into the clouds. Now traumatized and in terror, the children wept and screamed, causing an uproar that attracted the attention of the adults. They raced outside to find some of the children still beyond the playground, 
while others were racing inside. They questioned some of the children to determine the cause of the commotion. They told them about the craft and the figures that emerged from them and the images that they had witnessed. Confused, they looked for any sign of the craft or the creatures, but found nothing. There was no trace of anything or anyone that had been there, other than the children. Headmaster Colin Mackey found himself intrigued and believed that they had seen something. He requested the children draw what they had seen. Some of the drawings were different, but they all depicted a similar scenario. News of the event spread rapidly, gaining national attention. Author and ufologist Cynthia Hine visited the school a few days later and interviewed the students and staff. This also attracted the attention of BBC journalist Tim Leach, who also visited the school and interviewed the children. Throughout all the interviews between Hind and Leach, the children all told the same story. Leach, who arrived a non-believer, was quickly swayed and believed something happened that day in September. In November, head of psychiatry at Harvard, John Mack, made his way to Ariel School. He spent two days interviewing 12 of the witnesses. He asked them how the beings interacted, and the children explained that they seemed to lock eyes with the creature. When doing so, they were able to hear and see things that they could not explain. Through psychiatric evaluation, he was able to confirm or determine the children had experienced something and were traumatized by the events. The story went on to be one of the most intriguing and largest encounters ever witnessed or experienced by such a large number of people at one time. Some claimed it to be mass hysteria. Others believed it was a made-up story or tale told by the children. However, there was no incentive for fabricating such a story. Most of the witnesses that were there that day have been unable to be tracked down. However, those that have continue to tell the same recount of the events to this day. Welcome, campers, to Campfire Tales of the Strange and Unsettling. We're your hosts... I'm Ryan. And I'm Jordan. And now the debrief. And now the debrief. You ready? I'm ready. All right. Let's do it. All right. Uh. <laughs> 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 yeah. You know. All right. So. Yeah, this is. Uh, so, okay. I, I know, like, we haven't gotten into mass sightings yet. Yeah. This is the first one. Mass experience or mass encounters, right? So this is our first one. Um, there's a few, and we'll we'll kind of we'll get into a couple of them, uh, you know, as we talk here too. Okay. Uh, but uh, yeah, this one being such a, to me, I I find it such a such a unique scenario or such a unique case. Um, it is, yeah. 
you know, being the, and, and I know that we've even, you know, on previous episodes, we've, we brought up the aerial school, but never actually like got into it at all. Yeah. And so now kind of doing, you know, deep diving here. Um, yeah, it's, it's one that, you know, I mean, it, it was, it actually ended up being a total of 62 students and, you know, in total that saw, saw and experienced this, right? Yeah. I actually recently, um, in a clubhouse room, I was listening to Asher's from on the pod, the she's hosts the podcast on Wednesdays. We talk weird. Okay. Um, and she was talking about how she was sort of compiling a list of these encounters that happened like on or near schools. Apparently there are a bunch of them. Yeah. Like I had quite a few. I hadn't really heard many of them aside from this one. Obviously this is the one that most people point to because it's just so like, especially if you look at like the place, what it looks like. Yeah. It's so open past the schoolyard it's just like tall grass right yeah and it's the, like there a are no big like open area yeah there's no like tree cover or anything like nothing that could have been confused like it's just big open sky mm-hmm. yeah i think i think that has and the attention it got being in the early 90s it had like, right you know like you mentioned in the story several journalists came yeah, the, I mean, it sparked a lot. It, it instantly gained national attention. Yeah. And because, like, the next day after this happened, I mean, the school's phones were ringing off the hook, basically. You know, yeah, by but, parents, families, everybody trying to get more information, and then the media trying to reach out, and then, like, the headmaster also, like, welcoming some psychologists, psych- psychiatrists to come in, like, you know, I mean, yeah. you know, it, it was, it was something that he, he felt that it was actually significant enough and he believed that the students saw something, you know? Yeah. Um, which is, you know, which is, which is really cool. Um, you know, it wasn't Definitely. something that was like easily dismissed as like, yeah, you guys are kids and you know, it, you're just, it, you know, fabricating something. A lot of yeah. people did, though, speculate that they did fabricate the story as a means of, like, gaining attention and things like that. But but 62 kids. Exactly. That's that's, that's what I was going to say. There's there's absolutely no way that the, you could. Yeah. I mean, unless, like, they've all been, like, planning this for months, you know, but no Dude, way. I don't think so. You couldn't convince 62 kids that chocolate ice cream is delicious. Well... I mean, if they you are put children. Two kids in the room. <laughs> at least one of them is going to go like, "No, strawberry right. is good." True, true. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like, sixty kids don't agree on one thing ever. Yeah, I agree. And that, and that's that was my whole like that was my whole like idea going into it is there is absolutely no way that these kids could have just all like gotten together and concocted this like just crazy plan. And it just work yeah. out perfectly. There's no way. I mean, yeah, these no are way. kids from varying ages and in, in, in like uh, grade groups from what grade one to grade seven. What five? Yeah, uh, seven. Yeah, because the seventh graders were still in the school, but they were they were taking like standardized te- standardized testing that day. Right. Um. You know, so everybody else got to go out and play. It sucks to yeah. be them, but you know. Um, yeah. I mean, not only did they miss out on recess, they missed out on one of the coolest alien sightings ever. No doubt, dude. But also, let's let's come back here. 
So, the entire staff, the only person that wasn't in attendance in that meeting that was part of the school was the lunch lady. Still, yeah. And she was she was like doing some other stuff. Uh she she was manning like a um during during their break they could go out and like buy snacks and stuff, right? Right. So, the only person not in it. But you're leaving over a hundred students unsupervised. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know if it were me. I'd, I'd find that a little, a little hard to yeah. do in a place where like, if you go past the logs, you get eaten. Right. I mean, you could, you, <laughs> you could literally I mean? get bit by, you know, bit by a poisonous snake or poisonous spy. I mean, it, you know, if you're in Zimbabwe, first of all, there There's could some be velociraptors stuff. in the tall grass. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> like, no, just like the amount of crazy stuff that's out there. Uh, no, and, you're right. And I'd also heard in another another story that it, there there was also the possibility of jackals. Jesus. In the area, so like you know, that's, and no supervision. That's, that's yeah. wild. I, so that that to me is like a little strange. But this was also something that they did from time to time. It wasn't uncommon for them to do these entire school meetings. Like, maybe it's because it is a private school. It's a more prestigious school in, like, this area that they can get away with it. I I don't know. Like, you know, fend for themselves, whatever. It's also Zimbabwe in 1994. It's not, you know what I mean? True, yeah. Different culture, different time. True. That's that's yeah. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I I think that's a good point, for sure. Yeah, I would say probably helicopter parenting is much more common here. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well. Yeah, yeah. True. And I mean, you know, and there it's like this is more of like a very like agri or agricultural like farming area, but like yeah, you also have this like crazy nice very desirable school that's like slowly becoming more and more popular and everything um out in the middle of nowhere um so i guess yeah you know you could get away with that but also the school wasn't quite to the level that it is now at that no no not at all it was like it was still like an up-and-coming little like they had just built it because there was no other way to educate their children right and it was i mean it was only three years earlier that it was built right so yeah yeah, I could see that. I could definitely see the culture. Definitely, I mean, if I had kids that were gonna grow up and live their lives in the Zimbabwean countryside, I would probably feel more inclined to be like, "You're gonna have to learn how to handle yourself yeah. out here." Uh, yeah, you know that's that's true too. I mean, you know, just it comes with the territory, right? Yeah, so. I think so. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So first, super interesting thing about this encounter. The they start off seeing three crafts, right? Three separate crafts, and they form into one craft. Into one, um, I can't remember the exact shape, but basically, I mean, it it does it has the appearance of a small saucer, right? Like after they shape. combine, right? Which is yeah. which to me, I th- I thought that was really strange too. That like it's it's almost like a like. You know, it's. I think of like a like a what. Uh, never mind. I'm I'm getting into Power Rangers now, so I don't want to do that. But like, no, it's like I picture it like the what is it the T1000 from Terminator Two. The uh, the one that like turns into liquid. Right, but yeah, I'd have to double check. 
Yeah, it like turns into liquid metal and reforms. Right, yeah. You know what I mean? Like that's I mean, what I picture with like it could have the been. three Right. Yeah. And I've heard lots of like um UFO sightings where it's just lights. Yeah. Where they're just seeing lights and they'll see multiple and then they become one larger light. You yeah. Know? So I mean like, it's I've heard that similar, a lot. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's super interesting though. Like it really, what? really is. Like, if I could, if I could just be like, "Hey guys, let's let's combine and become one one mega thing," and then you yeah, know. like I just think about like driving oh, down Megazord. the interstate, right? You were thinking <laughs> I was, about Megazord. I was, and I didn't want to say it. <laughs> okay, awesome. <laughs> oh, it just but, clicked when you said mega thing. Yeah. So <laughs> I imagine like driving down the interstate, and you're like stuck in like a traffic jam, and you're just like, "Hey guys." Let's combine forces. Right. And exactly. Just plop, plop, plop over everybody, right? Um, yeah. yeah, whatever. But imagine what kind of material these crafts have to be made of to right. to be capable of that sort of thing. So that's right? the thing. Um, so this girl, uh, Selma, Selma Siddick, um, she was one of the ones that when they had interviewed, they, they had asked, and she described it, it was silver-ish. Okay. And basically... Um, I'm trying to get back to my actual notes on specifically what she said, but basically it, like was, it didn't, it didn't look like any metal she recognized. Though, right. right. But, and then, you know, and they're like, well, you know, you're a kid, but her dad is right. apparently specializes specifically working with metal, yeah, like different, like types of metals so she and fucking things knows. like that. So yeah, she knew, you know, yeah. and she, and she was like, yeah, it, the only way that she could describe it is it was silverish because that was the only way to really compare it. Right. Yeah. Because of that with the three crafts becoming one, I put I've always put this story in like like firmly in the high strangeness category. I agree. Like this yeah. is not a regular alien encounter. This is like this is fucking out there. No, and I think if this was specifically it would have had to have been specifically targeted. Yeah, not just like definitely. uh we're gonna, you know, search and find something. No, it had to have been specifically targeted for sure yeah it's it's so cool because like it goes that extra step that like you're not just guessing that this is a thing human beings aren't capable of engineering like right it's absolutely certain we don't have anything that does this yeah and i mean and and then when that craft uh you know that craft is like um there's the different blue red or what the blue, lights. purple right the one they're literally orbiting it yeah like just really i don't know that i thought that was really neat and and also this is very similar and then they were going to get into some other stories uh at least another story as well that also mm-hmm. go off of this but if you remember back in the kentucky goblins they mentioned right. the exhaust coming off of the rainbow was was exhaust. that rainbow exhaust right Okay, and this has been yeah. very this has been very common in a lot of these a lot of these like recounts and and a lot of the stories that I've been reading that are outside of this that are kind of similar and yeah. and you know, in that regard. So yeah, yeah I, I never thought made that, that connection neat. with yeah I never made that connection with Hopkinsville. Right, that's that's cool. I didn't think about that, but like I'm always thinking about so, that case. <laughs> like I know, dude. Yeah, you're like the the resident Hopkinsville expert. Um, but no, like. The orbs, the lights, were they described as being like solid or like lights, like light lights? 
So you know, is this like ghost lights of different colors floating see, around the craft? This was the thing, and this was my way of interpreting it, is you have basically like spheres. Spherical right. balls. Okay. So you have like the first one that are like these 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 crafts, right? They're not like specifically yeah. all like whatever, spherical, whatever. Um, but then and then they mesh into this one and then it has like these kind of like rotating spherical I, okay. I wanna I wanna say spherical crafts. So you personally envision them as being like solid matter. Right. Okay. That basically glow or emit like a, you know, like right. a whatever. A colored light. Like almost like a hue, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And then after a minute of those like rotating around the craft, they the orbs launch up into the sky, right? They, yep. They retreat back and, yeah. and they're gone. So maybe that's like a signal to, you know, to like a mothership or like another, you know, a sister vessel or something. Same way like with the Kentucky Goblins. As it's going down, they, like, signal, hey, we're landing. Hey, you're, you know what I mean? Yeah, that could very very well be be the thing. Yeah, that's interesting. So, but yeah, I was, I was trying to just double-check um, back through it. But yeah, yeah, so, and it was. It was colorful spheres. Okay. So, yeah, they were, they were literal spherical crafts. Okay, because um, at first I was imagining, like, ghost just lights. Just, like, lights, right. Of different yeah. colors, yeah. Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. Um, so, let's get to the beings themselves. Because they're like... First they're, of all, re- remind me exactly how they come out of the so craft. Don't the, they like kind of hover? They they basically... So, you don't see any opening in the craft or anything, right? They yeah. almost just literally float out of it. Or they form float, out of it. Or form out of it, right, exactly. Yeah, and it yeah. could be, I mean, it could be that they're, like, you know, like, literally, like, almost, like, teleporting through or something. Um, yeah. Or whatever. Um, or but, they could just be, or what what we're seeing as separate beings could literally just be, like... Part of the actual a, ship itself. Appendages or, of, yeah. Yeah. Or, or the ship is the being. That's and true. And it's just part of the being, you know See, what I mean? And I've seen that, I've seen that in some cases, too, where literally, I mean, like, these beings are... The ship, like the ship, has no way. Of, I mean, it's like, yeah, like you said, basically, like almost like an extra appendage yeah. of of the craft, and like when they're in it, they become this craft. That's Part the of only it. way, yeah. exactly. So you're that very well could be a two. I didn't even think of that. Yeah, that's um, super interesting. Yeah, because so. even like the the almost liquid, the like viscous nature of it, how it's able to like separate into three and go back together into one feels more biological than engineered. You know what I mean? I agree. Yep. Yeah. Cause I'm, I'm reminded of like, like microscopic life, like amoebas and you know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I know all about, all about amoebas. That's for sure. (laughs) (laughs) So, so yeah, it's said it's said that they basically kind of float out of this. So whether they form or whatever, right. they they float out and then they just kind of slowly glide to the ground, you know, just like a ooh, soft, you know, soft pillowy landing. Um, but it's also said that they never it like you could only, you could never see their feet in the grass. Okay. So the children thought they literally floated and hovered everywhere because right. you couldn't see the feet. 
No, it may, you couldn't they discern may have been like able steps to, in their but, hips right. or shoulders or exactly. Yeah. Okay, and then the beings themselves were a lot of like I would say probably the best way to describe them or how we describe normal grays, right? Right, but three feet tall, roughly three feet tall, porcelain skinned. They wore they wore like these like shiny ebony suits. Star Trek uniforms. Basically. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Had the big giant beady eyes that like literally went down, you know, at a slanted yeah. angle to their cheeks. Um, okay. Had no discernible mouth other than like a little, a little slit, slit with like, you know. So yeah, yeah. it's classic. Uh, right. Classic gray anatomy. Now there was one thing that I left out in the story that I don't know how I feel about it. And it's been, okay. it's been said multiple different ways. So some yeah, people think it. that they wore like basically like a cowl, like a like almost like a helmet ish, like a you know whatever. Some yeah. people believe that they had long, straight black hair. Yeah, and that is the yeah, silliest that. thing that I've ever heard. <laughs> <laughs> Literally the silliest okay. thing, and I I refuse to go that route because that just. There's no way. I, I mean, maybe there. I can't say there's no way, but isn't that isn't that funny though? How that feels so silly to us when really like that should it's be just as normal. likely, right? Exactly. Right. It should be just as likely. Agreed. That just goes to show how ingrained the classic gray alien features are and, in our. And that I think that's my problem is like I keep like yeah. envisioning that and I and I, I'm trying to sway away from that, you know? Like I'm trying to be like more open to like yeah, you know I mean there there's hundreds of different types of of yeah. alien beings. Um, you know, I mean, imagine so. imagine you're coming to a a place and you're trying to especially if your mission is to instill this message into, you know, not to jump ahead, but if your mission is to instill this message in these children, these, you know, juvenile humans. Right. I imagine part of your approach would be to not terrify them. Yeah. Right? To, like, so that you'd be better received. So so wouldn't you, like, maybe they went out of their way to, like, you know, at least try to take on some human action. Hu- right, yeah. I, that, I mean, yeah, that's, that's a good call out for sure. And, I mean, I think, like, that would be a really good way to try and almost connect and not seem so alien right exactly yeah now but also a thing about this is at this time like these children were not aware of aliens right so like they immediately thought in the area it's well known for these well this in folklore uh these goblin uh tokoloshis right Mm -hmm. so are very like well known and they immediately thought that that it was that and so yeah. they're like freaking out, like you know, like so some. I mean, some of them. Doesn't that them, legend like, include like eating children? Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, they're <laughs> yeah, they're gnarly. So. They're super gnarly. Yeah. Um. um so yeah. Before like, we before we move on with the long hair, I, I wanted to address <laughs> one more thing yeah. about the long hair. So I like to think that this is almost like an Invader Zim situation. All right. Where they're trying, where they're making an attempt to blend in. But maybe, yeah. <laughs> but maybe they're the only media they could get a hold of in 1994 was like a Marilyn Manson music video. So, so they they showed up in like skin tight white suits with long straight black yep. hair. 
Yeah, that's. Yeah. I mean that that's a conversation that I, I've heard uh, at a couple a couple of other uh, podcasts too that have also told the same story, and kind of yeah. getting into that and just and that was like I said, that's kind of the sillier aspect. But I mean, like it it just it, it's I think it's just as possible, and I think like it could be a way for them to. Yeah, they they've seen like what we have in our current media at that point, and especially this is early right. ni- 1990s, right? Yeah. So 94. right, so I mean, that's prime mall goth territory. Yeah, like that's like grunge time. Like that's that's yep. extreme. I mean, that's when goth was like really popular too. So oh yeah, yeah, I that <laughs> that could be it right there. Is they're just trying to blend in? Um, but man, it's. Oh, I don't know. I, I know it feels it feels so like hokey. It feels wrong, right? Exactly. I, yeah, but I, yeah, I understand. Just, at the same time, as it also just feels silly. So I don't know. Well, I, mean, I think it goes back to like the same problem I have with like, like, um, like almost infantilized cryptids. You know, it's the same problem I have where, like, I want them to be like formidable and serious. Right. Of course. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. But, like, maybe these really are just, like, well-meaning, like, we want to come down, we don't want to scare them, like, we want to just go down there and give them this message and, and get out, and, like, what's the best way to make them not afraid of us? You know what I mean? Yeah. So, maybe their goal was not to be formidable and serious, you know? True. And also, like you know, I we can't we don't know. Uh, obviously, we don't know if they if they have any type of hair or anything like that. In a lot of cases, right. a lot of people just think that they wear helmets, and that's what we immediately right. associate the normal face of like a gray being. Um, yeah. But you know, like it could also be like human beings themselves have hair most often, yeah, and that like just as a way of like trying to become closer trying to almost match that like they you know they thought to do that and and it's hard to say like i said some other reports also say basically explain it like as if they're wearing a hood right so it could Um, be one or the other really i can't believe i don't know this already but are you a helmet guy do you think like the gray appearance is like an exoskeleton or a suit so i go back and forth i think that they wear suits Okay. Uh, and they may just be armored. I, I don't know that it's like a full-on suit. Like it's, it, it could just be literally like a, a casing, right? Yeah. Like um, an exoskeleton. Yeah, I mean, but I, I don't want to say like their their face and things like that is that of a is that of like a hood or a helmet and things like that. Okay. I mean, you know, so you I think that is their actual eyes, the big black. I do uh, almond shit. I, I do. Guys. I, I hope so at least because you know that's yeah. that's that's how I like cooler. you know yeah it's cooler and I obviously here I'm trying to like trying to rationalize you know like metalhead aliens versus like yeah. you know the norms so yeah. I you know I, but I mean at the same time I think it's just as possible sure yeah so I I don't obviously try... it's it's all a crapshoot right because yeah. we don't we don't really know. Right, yeah. so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna argue either way. Like, I mean, they are what you know they are what they are. We don't know what they are, so you know. Yeah, we just know what people say they've seen. Exactly, that's yeah. all. Okay. So that's where I'm at. Um, 
but uh yeah so getting back um so past past the hair the hair was the other like i said the other thing yeah, i just yeah. hadn't mentioned oh, uh, you were talking about the tokoloshi yeah so when they first came out and they first saw these these beings they immediately assumed because uh, just like the the tokoloshi like they're roughly the same size and yeah. they're known to be these goblins that literally prey on prey on people, specifically right. children. And they're very popular in like African and and like South African specifically folklore. Yeah. Um, so you know, and that was that was kind of the immediate assumption. But then you also had, and that was that was more of the thought of like the younger children, the right. older the older children. Uh, maybe they seem to kind of know better or expect more, I yeah. guess. Um, because they were, they were past the age of believing in the right, ocean. they were more yeah, so yeah. like they were more mesmerized by just what they were seeing. Yeah, that makes sense, and and that's something that they they also like you know, and and kind of these interviews and stuff that they've kind of went back is like they were very like very in awe by what they were literally what they were witnessing, and I mean yeah. I would have been too. Like you have these like bright ass colors like this crazy craft these crazy these crazy beings that happen to like float out materialize out of the craft or whatever they do like you know yeah that would be awesome to see so yeah. awesome to see so yeah that would be i mean that's like unquestionable proof before your eyes yeah you no doubt I mean? no doubt and so it's not like seeing like a light in the sky and going like man that went way faster than a plane goes Right. You know, this shit is like right there, literally in your schoolyard. Yeah. Yeah. That's which yeah, I, mean, I understand why they were that right there why they yeah. were shocked in. I agreed. Agreed. So like, you know, you have that on top of on top of like they start to kinda like they're moving around. They're like these kids they're, you know, like kinda of frightened, but they're also not sure what to like what to think. You know, this is this is new to them. Again, you know, yeah, like Western Western aliens and things like that weren't ever weren't a thing at this time. So like, it wasn't yeah. even well known. They didn't know what they were seeing. Yeah. Um, you know, so it was it was like it was yeah, it was very new, very different. And so, um, but then, you know, you have like this one. Uh, so this girl Lisa, I can't remember her last name. Um, but regardless. She like she's like skipping about like you know just having a good old time and this guy just zoom over to her and yeah. starts skipping and imitating her <laughs> like you know so yeah. like you take that and it's kind of like lighthearted so you have some yeah. of the other kids they're like they they find this funny but she like she's scared she's she's startled because this thing is right literally right in front of her right right um, she has its attention yeah exactly exactly which is its scary. eyes are on yeah. her yes watching her. Yeah. And that was also, I thought, was was kind of neat about the whole situation. Is like they were imitating what these kids were doing, maybe as another means of trying to let yes. them know, hey, we're we're okay. Like we're you know we're we're trying to be like you. We're trying to right. like make this lighter, like you know. And then we, we're gonna hit you with some, bam, you know. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like that's that's what I think too. Like kind of talking about like. Maybe they're you know, maybe they're disguising themselves. Maybe they're changing their appearance. Maybe they're like whatever else, just to help these children not be so scared, or at least yeah. be more welcoming, right? So 
That's most of the time when you hear like UFO sightings, the people who really get scared of the sighting are the people who feel like the thing they're seeing sees them back. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, oh, I that, mean, that's a fairly common thing. If you're kind of pinpointed, like single, singled yeah. out specifically, yeah, yeah, I could see, I could see you being a little, oh, all right, all right, like, yeah, yeah, you it's know, startling, like, right? It would be for sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but at the same time, that would be, <laughs> it'd be awesome. <laughs> yeah, maybe it'd, it'd be I awesome don't know. afterward after you're right, exactly. You survived. Yeah, yeah, that's that's what I'm yeah. thinking. So. Can we talk about the fucking completely useless lunch lady? Yeah, so this is this is something and and apparently like they talked to her later and she like regretted not like paying attention and not being, you know, obviously, come on. Like yeah. She, and you have these kids and she's just like worried that they're going to like rob her basically, <laughs> which I thought was so so ridiculous. What the hell kind of neighborhood is this where the lunch lady is afraid of being robbed by the school children? <laughs> Well, they thought that, like, they they had concocted some plan yeah. to, like, you know, go ahead and sneak out some snacks. And she also had, yeah. the she also had like, the money box with her. Right. And, like, which she could have just you know, walked off and carried, you know, carried with her. Like, if she's worried about it, yeah. come on, you know. But I wonder yeah. what kind of reaction, if, if they were coming down specifically to interact with the children and one of the adults had come out, I wonder what, what they would have done. Or, right. Yeah. Yeah. That's mm. a good question. I think I don't know. I don't think the interaction would have was, quite gone like it did. Yeah, I don't think so either. I think it would have changed things. I think so too. I, I don't think, know how it would have changed, but I, I I think they probably would have just left. Yeah, you think it would have just cut it short? I I think so. Yeah, like I said, because I feel um, like this was specifically targeted. Yeah, and so the lunch lady thing kind of shocked me because I always considered the lunch ladies as like kind-hearted old ladies were like right advocates for lonely children and shit plus and this one was just like nah get out of here and the fact that she knew there were no other super supervision yeah. out on the playground like you would think yes. she'd be like oh I'm, I'm gonna be right there like you know like somebody needs to be there no but no she's like she, handle your own shit <laughs> yeah man it's that's I, tough. yeah it, <laughs> It really is. It's just really yeah. sad, but you know, it is what it is. Okay, so the message. The so dude. Now this is this is very common. Uh, yeah, you know, very common practice. We've talked about it. I mean, it, like we were talking about before. We talked about it with the Oakley Moore encounter. Um, yep. And so many, so many encounters and abductions report yeah. receiving messages. Receiving messages are witnessing images of literally the world's impending fate, right? Yeah. And this one, and I didn't specifically mention it in the story, but like, was a lot of it was focused on technology and how technology is going to destroy the world. Yeah. It's usually some version of that or like environmental right, exactly. dangers, yeah. warnings to protect the environment. Like, it's usually something like that. I know you mentioned the Whitley Strieber. Yeah. There was a Whitley, similar thing. Yeah. He, I mean, he saw, he saw a lot of stuff. Um, um, and that's, that's going to be another story that we're going to get into um, over yeah. the coming weeks. But I mean, his, his was crazy. 
not only did he see the world, but he saw himself, his family. He witnessed, like, his father that had passed away, like, different events with that. Like, I mean, they were showing him literally his his worst fears. Yeah. So, and that's another thing. That's another thing that's been described as, like, you know, being being shown images of literally everything that you fear. So you can right. prevent it, either prevent it from happening or see it in a different light. Maybe I don't. I don't really know. Yeah, I mean, I think that's all up to interpretation, right? So, yeah, that's like the more personal version. A lot of times, it's like a general, like this is what's going to happen to the Earth if you don't get your shit right. together collectively. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and you basically um, just see the end of days. You know? So, right. Um, that's honestly that's like the the frequency with which that's reported makes me always think of time travel. Yeah. That's what these things are. Yes. Agreed. Are human beings traveling back from the future to warn of some impending terrible disaster? See, I, I, man, I, I think about that all the time. Like, (laughs) I totally believe you. I really do, and um, I think about, like, as much as I love, again, love the idea of aliens and, like, that whole thing, like, I can't help but to think of that being a possibility. Like, of it being us, like, literally in the future, coming back, and, like, we've adapted. We've adapted, like, to all this crazy stuff, right? And I'd like to think then we're eventually, like, you know traveling throughout the stars and multiple galaxies and things like that. I mean, you know, like there's there's millions of galaxies literally sure. housing entire solar systems like ours. You know, yeah. I mean, I know that we're not alone. That's impossible. Absolutely impossible. Agreed. But Agreed. I think like you know, it could be we could have a lot just like us, you know, and so like and working together at some point in the future. And then trying yeah. to prevent these different galaxies, these different, like, whatever, from literally imploding. Yeah. You know? Um, and so, yeah, I think I think about that, too. Um, and I think, like, that could very, very well be why these people see these types of images. Um, either that or I it's mean, just, you- like, you know, like, just them lending a hand or... You know, the whole, yeah. like, Titan theory and stuff like that, which comes down to... Which, that's all time travel. Yeah. You know? So, the literally gods, basically. Um, I mean, you sort of just described the the theme for Star Trek Discovery. <laughs> oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. All right. Yeah, where it gets, like, you know, time travel to try to save different galaxies. And yeah. All that, yeah. I, I mean, that could definitely be a thing. I think and so. I mean, in that situation, it the physical adaptation might even not be the case. Those might be the the that might be the type of suit that you have to wear to travel through time. Right. Exactly. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and that's and and that's where like you know it's a little bit of a bummer. You know, to because think that there's just like a guy named David in there, right? <laughs> yeah, but. I mean, also, with having millions of other galaxies, solar systems, and, you know, life-filled planets and things like that, like, I mean, you know, I don't, I don't think, I don't think humans are the only thing, 
Like, I mean, a lot of them may have humans too. Who knows? Sure. You know, very well, that could be everything. You know, and yeah. just like where's there's billions and billions and you know beyond that out there. Um, just living other lives. Uh, and yeah. then, and then, man, now we're gonna get into like multi dimension and stuff like that. But <laughs> like you know, like stuff like that. You know, so no, but like that is that that is a sort of novel concept. Like, who's to say that a a planet like ours in like a Goldilocks zone, right, in some other galaxy, who's to say that life wouldn't evolve very similarly? Agreed. Yeah, if the I, planet has mostly the same elements if it has you know what i mean so and there's a lot of planets that they've discovered literally with oceans like literally with yeah, vast yeah. like you know that could contain life and and who's to say yeah. there's not additional human beings right you know out there yeah i mean imagine like you know people think obviously when they think about this like multi-planet alliance type deal they think of like star wars and star trek right and of where course. like they all look different and they all you know some of them have 14 arms and some of them have giant eyes and see like i'd like that like, to be the thing because that's just sure that's, that's super cool but yeah it's awesome that and it's cinematic and right yeah they might all look like us they d- i mean they definitely could yeah I think you're honestly. I think I think that's a huge possibility. Um, yeah. Like I said, and that's that's a thought that I kind of shuffle around quite a bit sometimes. Just uh, you know, kind of thinking about like, what if? Um, to be honest, I've never thought about that before. Really? Yeah, huh. I've I've never really considered that. I mean, because you think of like a aliens planet. as aliens, basically. Right, and you think of, like, if we found a planet that was, you know, habitable. Yeah. There really is no reason to assume that life would evolve any differently. I agree. If if the planet had all the same elements. And my reason for thinking so is imagine all the crazy stuff we are still finding here on Earth. For sure. You know, and just constant crazy stuff that we're finding. So... That's alien life right there. Yeah. You know, in a, in a sense. So it's, yeah, that's... Like I said, every I new, you know, every new insect we find in the rainforest, every new deep sea fish that gets pulled up to the surface for the first time. Crazy stuff, right, yeah. That's, yeah, that's alien life. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, you know, and, and that's and that's kind of, it's kind of like my way of thinking, you know, sometimes. Because again, you know, I yeah. still, still love, like, you know, some nice grays, some reptilians, some, you know, because I mean, they're supposedly said to be, you know, like what, 200 different species or so. Yeah. Um, at you least. like that. You like that alien fan fiction stuff more than I do. That, and then, you know, like, I mean, even, even like when it, when it came to like Project Blue Book and stuff like that, like things that yeah. like they had documented and whatnot. But yeah, who, who's to say? I mean, I, I'm right there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It could be either. I think so. It could be a billion different things. Really? I like could. the time traveler. <laughs> I like the time traveler theory though for for at least for Greys. 
Yeah. It seems like encounters with greys always feel that way more to me than others. Yeah. I I I I think that's that's a, that's a really good. Yeah. I think that's a really good kind of concept or at least idea. Is yeah, yeah. I mean specifically with them and being, you know, being that it's always seems to be trying to help. It it never seems to be anything negative, right? Yeah. Um at least as, as far as I know. But, you know, it's always like something helpful, resourceful, like something that's yeah. like frequently it is, yeah. Definitely. Also encounters with greys are much more likely to be followed up by visits with the men in black. Which screams time traveler even more to me. I mean, I I think men in black are aliens anyways. Yeah. I'm or time travelers. Or time travelers, right. They're the observers. Yeah. yeah. For fans of French. But imagine if there were like imagine if the greys were time traveling humans. Yeah. Right? I would think of the men in black as like maybe they're the ones who like look over the the time traveling process, I yeah. guess. Who and like try not to go make... in to make sure that it isn't like that they don't fuck shit up. Not being here. overdone or like right. Yeah. yeah. That they're giving too much away or Right. Not giving enough. Or that too or... much of Yeah. Or like that too much of a message meant to be personal for someone is publicized. You know what I mean? Because exactly. that's a really common yeah. message from the men in black is don't talk about this. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That's and, just something I frequently think about with them. What's bad about this, and and I know we're we're straying away from the story now too, but what's bad about this is in a lot of these cases, especially abduction cases, where they are shown these things, they don't know about it. They don't remember it. It takes things like regressive hypnosis and things like that in order to shed light to it. And I know yeah. we've we've gotten into our conversations about, you know, sure like hypnosis. Right, exactly. Um but in a lot of cases a lot of, like I mean there's like some lingering feeling, right? Something that like yeah. drive I mean there's been there's been cases where people have literally killed themselves because they couldn't figure out what what has happened to them and they felt different. They knew See, that something had happened. Like that to me that screams time traveler even more. Like the idea that you would go back what would be the best way to change someone in the direction that you need them to change without without and it, then like, taking away their memories? Ripple. No, this is what I'm saying okay. is the message is the message is meant for their subconscious. Not their conscious mind. That's fair. So okay. you would shift their behavior just slightly based on, you know, what you're basically injecting into their subconscious. Yeah. That way you can affect change on one person without it becoming a huge ripple in time. Yeah. Without them, you know, going to the media and you know what I mean? I, I suppose you're right. I suppose you're right. And this, man, this is where I really want to get into like talking about Willie Streber too, but I want to save it because <laughs> yeah, like he, we'll had, get to he that. had a lot of these really cool like things that he talks about that he literally, I mean, went through many, many, many sessions of yeah. progressive hypnosis and stuff like that. And like finding all these things about like him and his entire life. Like, you know, so yes. That's like that that like even thinking about like that subject, that his particular like events and stuff like that, 
definitely feel like time travel. Yeah. So a, a yeah. lot of this feels like time travel to me. For sure. I mean, I don't know. Just the the idea of, I mean, how many time travel stories have been written where people go back in the past to try to fix the future? I mean, yeah, that's like almost a, that's every fucking time travel story ever. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's <laughs> that's often why they're created, right? So you can right. fix something that that had happened, and then of course, like yeah. you have like the whole butterfly effect and all that, you know, stuff like sure. right, you know conflict ensues exactly but like how what's more likely that or that a civilization from across the universe made this you know epic intergalactic voyage to come here to like lend a hand why not i mean sure it's possible i'm just saying which one feels more likely I mean, it could be both. It could literally be literally be both. It could be that at some point in the future, like we make this deal with these other beings, and they're they're supposed to because they have the means of doing you know of time travel. Maybe we don't like whatever else, right? So like we have we have this basically like pact or deal or something with them to where they go back to help us with our past and we assist with their future, basically. Like, you know, I guess like, I'm probably just it's probably just because I'm more familiar with like human self-interest. Yeah. You know what I mean? Then like that's true fair. altruism. Like it that's kind of sad, but it feels more likely to me that like we would go to extreme measures to save ourselves. I mean, then that a we, civilization that yeah. do, that no, that doesn't actually know us or have any stakes in it would go to extreme measures to help us. That's what I'm saying. Maybe maybe it's maybe it's both. You know, and it's at a point where in the future like we become not so selfish. Sure. If 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 that ever happens, which I doubt, but you yeah, know, like it does. may. It may. Um, but regardless. Yeah. So, aerial school. Yeah, so I wanted to <laughs> I wanted to kind of touch back on that. And I know we've went off on yeah. a tangent. But no, it's okay. We're we're really with, here to talk about aliens with good reason, exactly. So I wanted yeah. to go back. There was there was a couple encounters that happened a couple days earlier than the Friday morning one. Okay. So two nights ago, Wednesday night, there was a whole slew of different sightings over three different countries. Um, you know, all basically surrounding where people would see all these things in the sky. And I didn't know, like talking about like the newspaper article. People would see like these flashing lights, or these like balls of fire that would like zip and zoom out in and out of like view and stuff in the sky. Um, people reported literally like seeing like things like hovering and then immediately disappearing. The morning, okay. uh, what was it? I believe the morning of of Thursday that Thursday morning, over the area near the school, there was uh, there was another sighting that was seen by a few people. Um, of another craft that was kind of just hovering and then zoomed out of view, uh, but was it never that described similarly in like a, a disc shape or well, this they... one was more in like a more of like a cigar shape. Um, okay, you know, as you as we know, a lot of UFOs are described as as well. Uh, yeah. More of like a cigar shaped craft that yeah just immediately like hover, hung out for a minute and then was gone. Maybe um, that was the recon. Maybe, yeah. but it never gained like any real recognition or notice or anything. Like people didn't really talk about it. 
It was, it was yeah. only seen by a handful of people, and then it was basically spread by word of mouth, right? So then, yeah. obviously, that morning of Friday, then we actually have the real encounter. Right. So, yeah. I mean, a couple things leading up to it, you know, which I think, like, also could tie in with it. Maybe not. Like, you know, it's possible. I mean, um, but I, I feel like I feel like it would, per se, for sure. Yeah. I mean, this progression makes sense to me, right? So on Wednesday, you get the classic lights in the sky. Right. Right? Things at a higher altitude. Maybe they're... That's, maybe that's when they first arrive. They get, they get there. They're, like, sort of surveying the land to, you know, find the place. Yep. Right? They, they locate it. The next day, they send down a recon vessel, this cigar-shaped thing to maybe get an idea a a closer look and get an idea of like well you know the kids come out around this time the you know such and such yeah just basically getting details getting information yeah and then friday and then friday afternoon bam they make their move now one other thing on that wednesday night like they were they seen different uh there were some crazy crazy ones so one person said that they saw basically a flying Zeppelin. Okay. Or saw, well, saw Zeppelin. Uh, not flying Zeppelin, but you know what I <laughs> yeah. mean. Literally saw yeah. like this Zeppelin in the sky. Other people saw these spherical crafts. Right. And then most of the the recounts and most of the, most of like the, a lot of what people said is they had these rainbow trails. Okay. Going back to, back yeah. to that, right? So... Yeah, I mean, a lot of they people are seeing a lot of different things. Yeah, um, which I thought was kind of cool. Um, yeah, definitely. You know, so it wasn't I mean, like it just one specific, if, right? Yeah, if they you know come in like something of like an armada, right? I mean, that would be like the war version of it, but like right, a group of ships that serve different purposes. You know what I mean? Yeah, without a doubt. The zeppelins remind me a lot of like. 19th century North American sightings. Yeah. Right. Well, that, like, uh, and, and, well, talking about, um, European, uh, like in uh, the yep. late 1800s, right? Over, yep. over Germany and stuff like that, they had a lot of those, a lot of zeppelins. those zeppelins and stuff like that, too. Yeah. Um, like pre, pre World War One, those were seen right. a lot. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that was before we had, an air force before we had yeah. you know like any type i mean really any type of real flying craft yeah so i mean yeah. we basically we had like hot air balloons yeah we had i mean there were zeppelins for sure but they were very expensive and very rare but they were, you know, they were seen a lot during the 19th century, especially over like mainland Europe and North America. Exactly. Yeah. So but this is, you know, this is a hundred nine, years later. I was going to say Africa. this is 1994, right? Exactly. Yeah. Now, another thing I want to touch on. So in 1966, there was a similar incident in Melbourne. Uh, so it was April 6, 1966, at approximately 11 a.m. Uh, several students and teachers witnessed a craft hovering over the playground of their school. Literally just hovering over it. Um, they started alerting everyone, you know, basically drawing attention, alerting everyone. 
the school literally emptied their buildings, getting people out and everything. And there were at least 300 witnesses that watched as the craft basically just hovered over this playground. And then, uh, or like over this playground above the school, whatever else. It was roughly the size, uh, the size of two full-sized, basically parked cars next to each other. Grand color with this kind of like emitting this like purpley, purpley hue, purple, like whatever look or whatever. Um, and then so basically as it hovered, eventually just kind of disappears behind this patch of patch of forest, patch, patch of woods. Right. And then at that time, what was it? Five, I believe five military jets literally started circling the entire perimeter of the area. Um, in a search pattern exactly and then all of a sudden this thing raises starts to go back and forth almost like toying with them and then immediately jets out of the sky whoa and then so yeah and so it's uh, basically at that time though what was kind of also crazy is the students were told not to speak of anything that they had seen and that uh, several military officials attempted to persuade a lot of the witnesses that they were mistaken about what they had seen. Okay. And then it was also reported that men in black were also seen investigating and expect- inspecting the patch of trees where this craft descended into. Okay. And this was in 1966. At I another think school. I heard. I think I heard this case discussed on Spooky Mountain. Okay. If, listeners, if you haven't listened, definitely go listen to Spooky Mountain. That's a it's a great show with um some ladies that live in Australia. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they covered this. They might have. If, if so, I haven't, yeah. I haven't gotten to I haven't got to check it out. But it's another very unique, unique one for sure. Yeah that that one has lots of like I like it has like government intrigue and exactly and literally yeah, that's like a cool telling them do not speak of this then also saying you never saw this (laughs) so very men in black exactly yeah uh which is which is pretty cool uh but yeah it kind of ties into it because it's very similar because you have all these children but also at the same time you have all these faculty and everybody also seeing it yeah 300 witnesses that's yeah that's pretty crazy so i mean that's a pretty you know significantly larger one but uh yeah, but there wasn't any interaction. There wasn't any contact. Right. It just, just happened to uh, just be hanging out and, you know, messing with people, apparently. I'm always confused. Is that an encounter of the first kind? If you just cite it? You know, they have the first, first second, second, third, and third, fourth. Fourth, right. Yeah. I think first is citing, second is... Because third is actual interaction, right? Right, and fourth is abduction. Is abduction? Yeah, what yeah. It's always second? I always forget too. I never, I never even like kind of yeah. think about that at all. So, listeners, uh, definitely give us the yeah the, yeah. the scale here. Like we talk about <laughs> aliens all the time. I think we should probably know this. <laughs> we should. Yeah, it's kind of sad actually. Um, but regardless, so yeah. That was, yeah. I, like I said, I thought that was another really cool, really cool kind of encounter as well. Yeah, um, that was a cool, but one. a bit different, you know, a bit different than the aerial one. Um, yeah, but 
but it's, there's there's something to be said for their attraction to schools. I was gonna say right? there's been a lot of other reports similar, where these crafts either like seem to kind of touch down near a school or hover over a school or you know like people and like at a school see it or whatever else. Like yeah, yeah. I mean not quite into such a degree as say Ariel or the Melbourne one. Yeah, but I mean yeah, still still drawn to it. See, a lot of people, I feel like they're, a lot of people are like, if you have this important message, why would you give it to like school children? Why not go drop down on the president's lawn? Me too. I think that children makes perfect sense. Exactly. And this, and this is one thing like, especially like watching and reading interviews with the Ariel thing, like talking about like, why, why would they give such a message to children? Why not? They're literally right. the future of, of our generation, like of yeah, their the generation rather, but the future yeah. of the world. Yeah. So, I mean, like if anybody's going to make an impact, yeah, I mean, short term yes. is great, but it, it really is only going to be impacted that significantly by something in the long term. Yeah. Like, I mean, and, you go and give that message to the president, and he's going to be what like, is he gonna well, do? I guess I'll try to push it through Congress. Right. Exactly. Fuck that. And then, you like, know. Exactly. Sway an entire generation. The only thing that's going to... Let me, I'm going to stand on a soapbox for a second. The only thing that's going to save the world is to raise better humans. I agree. That's it. Yep. That's the only... That is the only thing that's going to make the world a better place. We've done make better people. such a shitty job of it over yeah. the past, like, at least the past several decades. Like... <laughs> 200 years well yeah but i mean (laughs) even i'm just saying like even from between like the 60s and now right yeah is a significantly much more horrible place yeah it's a Um, huge uptick in assholes exactly and we've 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 gotten to the point where everybody just cares about themselves yeah countries literally like stay with themselves like maybe have few allies and things like that but like you know like we're we're going with a war for like useless dumb stuff and i know yeah. we're not, i'm not gonna get into this but you know right. like i i don't even want to give my my views on that right yeah now. yeah but no, it's the but the idea is that if you're going to send a message that's going to save the planet give it to children exactly i fully support that yeah and i mean yeah I mean, it sucks that it terrifies i was gonna them, say like, yeah traumatizes it might, them it might traumatize like but that might be what it takes to be honest yeah to make to make an actual impact that's going to be lasting like yeah. you might as well go all the way with it right yeah so yeah all i'm saying is the reasoning makes sense to me perfectly i agree i get it i agree for sure so yeah cool i i think it's definitely a cool story um i i honestly i don't think there's no way there's a way not to believe that this happened at least I for agree. me. I'm fully on board with this yeah. one. I, I I mean, 62 kids seeing the exact same thing. When yep. the when headmaster had him had him draw up these things, at least 32 to 34 of them or whatever, drew yep. very, very similar things, and everybody told the exact same stories. Like Yeah, you know, like so it's yeah, very, very, very compelling. And I mean, obviously, you know, there's a and, message that needs to be Yeah delivered exactly i'm gonna try my very best to find as many of those drawings online as possible 
to post on our Instagram. Awesome. And Facebook, for yeah. sure. They're, they're, I mean, yeah. they're definitely out there. Um, yeah. They're definitely I've out there. I've seen a few of them, but I want, I want like a solid, a solid chunk of them would be sweet. awesome to find. I agree. I agree. That'd be sweet. All right. Well, I think uh, that wraps up episode 32, the Rura UFO, Rua UFO incident. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. From the bottom of our weird, possibly alien, maybe ghostly, probably cryptid hearts for listening. We absolutely love having the chance to discuss all these wild creatures and events every week, and it's your continued attention that allows us to carry on. We want to get to know each and every one of you, so please come and check us out on all the socials. At campfire.tales.podcast on Instagram and Facebook, at campfire.totsau on Twitter, and you can also visit our website at campfirepodcastnetwork.com. If you love the show, please rate and review it. It's what truly helps us continue bringing your weekly dose of the strange and unsettling. And a special thanks to Greg Martin at Reverent Music on Instagram for his contributions to the beautiful music that you hear every week under the debrief. You can find more of his tunes at ReverbNation.com slash Reverent. It's fantastic, fantastic stuff. Go give that a listen. And that's it. Until next time, I'm Ryan. I'm Jordan. And remember, campers, stay weird and trust in the unknown.